4: Josh is from Legacy Automotive in Boulder. Yeah, yeah in Boulder. And appreciate you being in here, jumping in, and we've been talking about a lot of different things. And we've had a person call in about their daughter, and <laughs> all the way into what are they calling that storm? They had a name um, for it. And yeah, a, a blizzard, like we did a blizzard bomb or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's bad. All right. So um, another thing we were talking about was the chain law. Up in in the mountains here, and, and it's funny because um, you look at one of these. I look at it, and it just says uh, typical conditions, dry or wet, warm or cold. It just says safe tire tread, adequate tread depth. And you're saying it's up to, what, one? Three-sixteenths. Three-sixteenths. Yeah. That's not very much.
5: That's not very much at all.
4: No. so But that shows for everything. I mean, it shows for... I don't know if that's for single-drive um, commercial, yeah, single-axle yeah,
5: commercial. The, the c site is the passenger site, so they, they're not giving me the commercial specs. But okay. What they're giving me is for the passenger cars. That's, so if you're all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, 316 And then, of course, you have to have the mud and snow designation on the normal tires. And it still has to be 316ths depth, at least. And then the winter tires you know, should have the snowflake for mountain driving on the tire, too.
4: Oh, you know what? This thing does have those. It says code definition from rules: adequate tires shall mean tires with a conventional tread of a minimum tread depth of one of an eighth of an inch. One eighth of an inch. That's that's really nothing. That's
5: yeah. That's I don't think that's the winner one. Isn't that the? I think that's the minimum to like sell a car. <laughs> yeah. It Says adequate tires. So the one eighth's not adequate for much.
4: No, no. Well, let's go to the caller. We got. We got two lines open, 303 477 5600. We got Don from Parker calling us. How you doing, Don? Yeah, hello. How's it going?
6: Uh, yeah, I've been listening to you guys for quite a while. I moved out here from New York about uh, in 2012. All right. Uh, I, uh, I have a 1999 uh, Taurus, 72,000 miles on it. And. Uh, Nobody, none of these BG products can get my damn cooling system clean. Uh, there was one place that went and done it twice, I still couldn't get it clean. Hmm. I used to do my own back home. I got drink the water when it came out. It was so clean. I used to do it myself. Um, to the age now, I can't do that anymore. I live in an apartment, so I can't do my right. own cars and, you know.
4: Have you tried yeah. going to Extreme in Parker?
6: Yeah, yeah, I did go to Extreme, and the guy told me, oh, you're going to have to keep getting it done. Uh, Tech told me, this was a couple of years ago. And I went to uh, uh, Community when they were open.
4: Uh-huh.
6: Uh huh. To right Mark over there.
4: there.
6: Yeah. Right behind Napa. Yeah. And I went to. Uh, Uh, What's that other one? Uh, Right down a block from...
4: Advanced? uh, Huh? Advanced? Advanced Automotive?
6: No. Uh, It's a big place. Uh, They going to drive or something like that. I can't can't think of of anything. Anyway, they they did it twice. They put it through the machine, the BG machine, twice. I still couldn't get it clean. Hmm. Now, I know that the 3.0 uh, liter engines, the uh, the Ford engines, are uh, notorious for rust, I guess. Uh,
4: yeah, I'm yeah. surprised that Extreme couldn't get it clean because they have a certain tool there that they can use that would get it clean. It it aerates in there.
5: You have the Gates
4: tool? Yeah, yeah. yeah they have the Gates tool. It should be well, able to get did, it clean.
6: Well, they didn't use a gauge tool. They use that DG machine or whatever the hell they got. I don't
5: know. Uh, yeah, because that's what I would recommend. Is we have the gates tool. I can get you know heater cores that are pretty much plugged to start to flow again with that machine because it actually pulses the water as it goes through. And a lot of the flushing machines just kind of pump it through.
4: Yeah, if you if you go in there and ask, go to Extreme and ask Mike to um, say, can you guys use the Gates tool, I heard Dennis talking about on the radio. He should use that.
6: Uh, did I get the bypass and all that in the heater core?
4: What's that?
5: Hello. I think he said, "Does get the heater core?" If yeah, yeah we it would. do it. We pull yeah the tubes off the heater core and especially go after the heater core because that tends to be where it all builds up at.
4: Yeah. Are you still there, Don? Not so I can't hear you.
6: I, I just got a 18-month so uh, phone. Can you hear me now?
4: Yeah, there, there you are. But I would go in there and talk to Mike and just say, you know, Dennis said because I used to own that store, and sold it years ago, and and I know they had the Gates Rubber Tool, um, and they can go in there and they can flush that out really well with that. And just tell them that, you know, Dennis said that you guys can use the Gates tool on my car and get it clean.
6: Uh, who said that? Your
4: Dennis. Name? Dennis. Okay. Yeah. you Dennis? Yes.
6: Oh, okay. I listen to you guys all the time. Yeah. Uh, I used to, used to uh, back in New York, used to read the, uh, uh, the Newsday paper. I guess he was syndicate. The motto, his name was, something like that huh. He wrote he did the same thing you guys do, on articles in the newspaper, on the radio. Right. And uh yeah, you know, I I took up automotive in school years ago Society of Automotive Techs and all that stuff back in the day. <laughs> Things are a lot easier easier, you know.
4: Right. They were easier back then, that's for sure.
6: Yeah, you know, I used to I used to hook up a a garden hose with a ball valve on it. And, uh, feed that into the, uh, radio, top of the radio, and then, uh, take the hose off the bottom and just hook a whole vacuum cone of hose to that. I used to run the engine and then just uh, monitor the, uh, the flow with the, uh, what do you call it, I uh, used to do it that way. I get this engine so clean. Like I said, you can actually drink the water if you want.
4: <laughs> right.
6: I used to do that right through the heater
4: core or Yeah, well just uh, give yeah, just call up Mike and talk to him and see if you can get him scheduled in there. And he should be able to use that tool and get it clean.
6: Is there an excellent choice for that compared to
4: you? Oh, It shouldn't thing. be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay.
6: Right. Yeah, I'll do that. Right. Thanks a thank lot. Okay, you. thank you.
4: With that, we got three lines open, 303-477-5600. Give us a call if you have any automotive questions, and we'd love to help you with those. Um, yeah, I was looking this up. It was one, they said adequate tires should mean with conventional tread, with a minimum tread depth of a one of an eighth of an inch. But that's not on the, that's... Uh,
5: Drive pavement, right? Yeah. Not mountain
4: driving. Right. You wouldn't want that.
0: No. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah, because then it starts talking about um, state highways unless the vehicle has snow tires or is equipped with tires or chains um, is for four-wheel drive with adequate tires and four-wheel drive engaged, all four. And you're not going to have, with four-wheel drive, you very seldom have all four wheels engaged unless you've got posi traction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's hard. That Very seldom does that work it that way
5: have you ever used those tire socks
4: no they were showing these on here tire socks auto
5: sock yeah yeah they just look a lot easier to put on than a chain i don't i haven't run them yet to see how well they do but they look a lot easier to put on than the chains are sometimes
4: yeah and and i tell you what unless you have a good chain they're not going to work very good they come off and you got to know how to put those on and you better be good at them (laughs) <laughs> and, and they better not be cheap ones because cheap ones aren't going to work.
5: No, they're not. We used
4: to have to put them on our tow trucks. And I tell you what, if you didn't buy real good ones, expensive ones, they had to... If you were getting cheap tires, chains, mm-hmm. they didn't last long. They were flown off right away. <laughs> yeah. And it just did damage. Tore up the trucks. So... Yeah, you need to make sure you have a good, you know, whenever you go up the mountains, I always check the weather, and then I check to make sure I got good tires and stuff like that. That's one thing about, like, the oil changes that we're talking about. If you don't go in every three months and or check your tires every three months, and people just don't do that anymore, you don't know what you got.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's better, you know, when we have it up on the lift, sometimes when the car's sitting there on the ground, you can't see the full tread across the, you know, the top of the tire. And when right. we have it on the lift, we can see that, you know, yeah, you may have full tread on the edge but on the center of it's pretty much gone right
4: let's go to frank from uh, franktown i mean doug doug from franktown i'm sorry hi there how um, you doing
7: very good how are you guys good i had a question for you on uh, if you could recommend a shop down in the southeast part of town i'm down in franktown so preferable would be uh, like Parker or Caserac. It's for an old '57 Chevy that I've been restomodding, and I'm down to the last few steps that I'd like a shop to to handle.
4: What What do you need done to it? What do you mean?
7: Yeah. So I need. Uh, I've got a vintage air air conditioning system in it, so I'd like a leak check and charging it. Uh, the rear, the pinion seal in the rear end needs replacement, and then the uh, kickdown cable seal on a Turbo Hydro three hundred and fifty transmission needs replacing. Uh, alignment. I'm, I'm finding shops don't work want really want to work on these old cars, especially where it's sort of an amalgamation of parts.
4: Have you tried Extreme Auto Repair in Parker?
7: Yeah. I I I did, and and at one time, uh, your old shop was willing to work on it, but with the new management, I was told uh, it's not their cup of tea.
4: Oh. That's sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah,
7: I was too slow. (laughs) Shoot. I should have got in there when you were still around.
4: Yeah, because I had to make them work on it. (laughs) Because they're easier, actually. They're not that bad. Yeah, to work on I, I,
7: I guess it's sort of a cookie cutter mentality you know, just yeah. follow yeah so yeah that's nothing custom
4: that's uh that's a shame um um you know what if you have uh put you on hold we'll put you on hold and have give larry your phone number And I have a gentleman that used to work for me there that I might call and see if he'd be willing to work on it. Okay, all right. He's he's in Elizabeth, so I'll see if he'll do it. Okay? Okay, that'd be perfect. All right. All right, thank you. Thanks, Doug. Yep, all right. So we've got three lines open, 303-477-5600. Let's um, take a quick break and give us a call. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560.
1: It's the new year, and Geno's Auto Service in Littleton would like to thank all of their great customers for the continued patronage and support over the past 38 years. Start the new year with savings on all of Geno's premium Napa Auto batteries. Stop in for a free battery check. The team at Geno's are big believers in catching problems before they start. Take advantage of their free multi-point inspection. They'll evaluate your vehicle, looking at your fluid levels, belts, hoses, and filters. And remember, any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a NAPA Peace of Mind warranty covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick it up when ready. They're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Take advantage of Gino's free battery check this month. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J.
0: Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making.
8: PG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite don't say anything and don't give any information than is asked if you feel it's necessary record the traffic stop and then if you need any legal help call kevin flesh at flesh law firm kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents so put this number into your phone 303-806-8886 you can also find kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com kevin flesh flesh law firm and proud sponsor of drive radio
4: Okay, we're back. You're listening to the Drive Radio on KLZ five sixty, three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. We got three lines open. Give us a call. Um, it's it's you know it's it's hard to find people that like to work on the older cars because the younger generation
5: doesn't know how to work on those. They don't.
4: Yeah, but they're not that hard. It's very simple. And those were when the easy days were. You know. Right, exactly. Yeah.
5: But parts are also starting to become really hard to find yeah. for those older ones anymore.
4: Yeah, sometimes you're manufacturing your own stuff.
5: <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But I I don't know.
4: I always like working on those things. I like those challenges, you know. So. Exactly. But maybe the new guys don't. I don't know. I can't speak for them.
5: I think it's just really foreign to them, yeah. you know. They're not used to distributors and timing lights and yeah. carburetors and things like that.
4: Yeah yeah
5: they're too busy chasing ones and zeros
4: yeah yeah and then the new kids that are coming along, you know they got to learn electrical they got to be really good with electrical mm-hmm. because that's where it all is yeah yeah it's if you don't know how to read an amp meter or a volt meter you're in pretty much bad shape yeah or an ohm meter
5: and yeah. it's you know a scope for just about anything anymore yeah you know? and, and the scan tools that's you know we spend more time on the scan tools than anything else you know now yeah. we can't do brakes or anything without plugging in a scan tool.
4: Yeah, and the funny thing about a scan tool it just tells you the area that's bad. It doesn't right. the circuit. Yeah. Now you got to find out why it's bad. Exactly. And that's what takes a lot more time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you can watch a circuit work and and do things with them. That's really good. But sometimes yeah, it doesn't lead it can lead you astray too.
5: Yeah, I like when they lead you astray. That's
4: yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not as easy, and and out there, people. I know some people are buying scan tools and stuff like that, um, but you know, it's nothing better than having the factory scan tool.
5: Well, what people don't realize is the generic one is only what we call OBD2 generic. So that's what the EPA said you have to give these people. Yeah. When you put a factory tool on, yeah, it's a whole other universe. Yes, it is. And what's the other problem is people aren't realizing that with all the modern cars, all the different modules are talking to each other and the problem might not, you know, the reason the engine's not running right might not be the engine, the PCM. It might be another module sending a bad signal to it. Right. And so you got to talk, you know, the first thing we do is, you know, if it's a modern car, you call all modules. So it'll sit there and, you know, run for five, ten minutes talking to every single module, telling you how many codes is in each module.
4: Yeah. And and that's what happens. They, it could be so many different codes.
5: Yeah. And, and the main problem, you know, you have a a drivability issue, but it's not the PCM or the engine side. It's another module that's feeding wrong information on it because they all talk on a network, and they're putting the wrong information on the network, so the PCM's just going from... You know, ABS is is the constant one we have all the time. The ABS module on all modern cars is the speed signal. It's not picked up from the the old transmission speed signal. They take all four wheels, and the ABS module calculates that, and then it puts it on the network for everybody else to use. So airbag modules, they... They use that transmission module, the PCM. Even your stereo module uses that signal to right. know whether to bring the volume up or down. Right. So if right. they get the wrong speed signal in there, you know, not only are going to – maybe you'll see it on your instrument cluster. Yep. But then the, the transmission module and the PCM don't know what to do. But it's not their fault. Yep. It's the ABS module. Right. And is it an ABS mo- – is it a sensor, the module, or, you know, mm-hmm. who's the – the real carport on it, and,
4: and they're yeah, and they're also using the speed sensor when they're trying to, to get the car to pull out of a slippery spot exactly. So it's shutting off a cylinder or something. So now, if you're driving down the road
5: and it's getting a faulty signal, it can be causing a miss. And that's and that's why on Toyotas, whenever you have you know any code in it, it shuts off the traction control because you know it has drive yeah. by wire, so it wants to control the throttle plate for stability control. But if there's a code, for even a loose gas cap, it shuts off your stability control because it can't control the engine like the way it wants to. Right. A lot, a lot goes on. So we got
4: two lines open, 303-477-5600. We're going to go to Robert. How you doing, Robert?
9: Robert, hello. I got a 2001 Jeep Cherokee, and last night, I don't know, it don't get driven very much at night, but I had the bright salon, and they started blinking. What's the need, a switch or what? Everything else is falling apart on it.
4: <laughs> so you say it started blinking like flashing the lights like you were like flicking him or something?
9: Off and on. Yeah, for the last 10 years it probably gets 3000 miles a year and they don't the lights only get turned on maybe once a week.
5: <laughs> and the the headlights or were the dash lights blinking with the headlights too?
9: Uh, I don't know. I, I know it was the headlights. I didn't pay any attention to the dash lights.
5: Yeah, because if you had you know a weak alternator or a weak battery, it would make all of them blink. And if you had like a bad switch connection, usually that switch had two separate you know setups—one for the headlights and one one for the dashlights, because right. the dashlights have a dimmer on it. Yeah. So that's you know.
9: I don't think the alternator is bad or ain't low because it's still up there around fourteen volts. And okay. The battery's one of them stupid high dollar Optimus, you know. Mm-hmm. But
4: you know, it could be a ground too, though. Right. Um, a ground that's getting loose and uh-huh. then as you're driving and you're hitting bumps or hitting some of the roads then it's you know the bolts not tight or the screws not tight that's grounded it to it and it's
9: well, it don't do it when it's on the regular headlights, so
4: it only does it on the high beams
9: yeah i did it once before yeah but i i don't leave it on that long you know i wish i did i wish i had some of the other lights that blind everybody but i don't
5: <laughs> yeah yeah so if it's on the high beams you know you have two switches you have the switch on the dash that turn the headlights on. Yeah. Right. And then you have the switch on your turn signal that goes, you know, high beams to normal.
9: And this was, yeah, the, the switch on the dash where you pull a lever.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it, that one, we would have to get it to do it to to yeah. know. Yeah, that's the problem. You
4: have to almost have the car doing it, and then you have to have, like, either a test light or something out there to know that you've lost power, mm-hmm. and then you've got to check other things to see why the power feed's not going and where's it losing it from. You know, is it coming out of the switch? Is it bad out of the switch, or is it bad through uh-huh. a relay? Is the relay shutting off because it's getting hot?
9: Yeah, or a ground.
4: Yeah, uh-huh. or
5: a ground, yeah. so Or even the connectors to those lights can corrode yeah turn green and stuff like that. yeah
4: and if and if they get too much voltage or too much resistance in there sometimes they'll shut it off too right because they'll overheat the relay um yeah that's you almost have to have it in a shop to get it to do it too
9: yeah okay thanks sorry yeah
4: some of these things are not as easy as they sound you know to check to find because there's so many things that can cause it yeah
5: you know, and especially well in the spring when we get the, the rainy seasons. If you ever have a, a car that was in a flood, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden all those gremlins come back. We're usually so dry out here, flood cars do okay. But when we get those that week of rain and it gets kind of humid around here, all those electrical come gremlins come out for yeah. about you know a couple, couple weeks and they'll go away sometimes.
4: <laughs> all right. We have three lines open, 303-477-5600, or you can text us um i have that text <laughs> you can text us at 307 um let me see i was going to say um what was i going to say the um when we were talking about that chain law you know when i went to, i this one is from 9 news that says um that tread depth was a, an eighth of an inch but then i go to the colorado chain law and it was different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you mentioned it.
5: Yeah, the one the site I'm on is Cdots, and then yeah. go to travel winter driving, and then they have a whole page for traction law. So if you go to Cdots thing, you'll see the travel center, and then you can scroll down and find the whole winter driving chain law page. Yeah. And they even have a little, you know, um, blurb on here where you could hit it, and you can it'll ask you all the questions, you know, you you might have. So it's the, the little quiz that they have to to inform you on everything you need to know before winter driving.
4: Yeah, and I tell you what, if you're going up there, you better be prepared. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to get caught in there, um, up in the mountains without anything. Because, I tell you what, and and I quit going to the mountains on a Sunday on the way back because it's just impossible to get home. It is. It just takes forever. And I used to like to go ski a lot and stuff. and. I started doing it during the middle of the week because I hated going up during the weekend.
5: And it says on here that the fines start at $130 for inadequate traction. And if you block traffic, it starts at $650. So yeah, <laughs> you, you want know, to be prepared.
4: You know, the other thing, too, is I, I remember reading to, or hearing that um, they were shutting off the highway coming during the mornings because coming up I-70 in the mornings they would get blinded by the sun and they couldn't see. There was a certain point when the sun was hitting, I think, uh, one of the passes when they were coming over it. Hmm. um, And they couldn't see very good. So there's a lot of stuff that happens in our mountains. That's why I think there should be something that says um, you have to learn to drive in the mountains. You should have a mountain driver's license or something, (laughs) you know. A permit. Yeah. Just for the mountains. But this one says 3 of an inch, regardless of vehicle type. But that's in the passenger vehicle traction law section. It doesn't say... Yeah, and this also says when you say um, violators will be given a citation which comes with a $100 fine and a $32 surcharge that jumps to $500 fine with a $156 surcharge. Yeah, if a violation recurs, results in the closure of one or more traffic lanes. Hmm. So you better know all this stuff. I know a lot of people get up there and they'll go, well, I didn't know that, so I shouldn't be charged that. But that (laughs) ain't the way it works. No, that's not the way it works at all. No. And it's a shame. So so when you were talking about modulars, you know, all these modules and stuff, and you're talking about how they all enter, does it create a lot more problems with you when you guys are, you got your scan tool hooked up and you're going down this one road trying to find this one problem, and then you find out it's not even down that road. You have to go a different.
5: It can. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, with the model cars, you've got to remember, you want to talk to every module on there. You don't just go, well, I have a check engine light, and just go after the engine computer. Yeah, you know, you want to see who's there because sometimes the answer's in it. You know, a lot of times it was the issue that we seem to find a lot of they had a dead battery. Well, a lot of these modules sometimes the PCM or transmission control module won't code for it, but you'll find in the body control module or somebody on down that oh I didn't have enough voltage, I didn't have enough voltage, I didn't have enough voltage. So then you kind of have a clue of where to go right. from there. But yeah, they, they're they're integrated as can be anymore with.
4: Yeah, you know, I had um, my wife, we have a 2015 Subaru mm-hmm. Outback, and um, the battery went out, and I put a new battery in it, and then she goes, you know, my seat doesn't work now. Right. <laughs> so I had to go fix all that, and it was just because I the battery was going low, I think, and it shut that off.
5: It and does, it, and, and after you put a new battery in, on mo- a lot of modern cars, we've got to reset the steering angle sensor. Yes. You know, sometimes there's a gyro in there that has to be reset, so you've got to you know drive down the road straight for a while and it has to see zero degrees on the steering angle sensor and know that you're going down the road to reset you know plus not only the radio stations and clocks and and the the memory for the windows and and everything else and the memory for the seats for the seats exactly yeah
4: so everything yep all right we got we got two lines open still 303-477-5600 we're going to go to dave how you doing dave you there yeah, here. Okay. How's it going? It's going well. I'm. A,
10: I got a question. I'm a chronic downshifter. Every downhill, I you know drop from drive to third three or two even depending upon the hill. Uh-huh. Am I putting extra wear in the transmission?
4: I wouldn't say so. No. No, mm-hmm. as long as you're doing it in the right way, as long as you're not like at six grand when you do that or five <laughs> grand, yeah. and that would be more on the oh. motors. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, that you know, uh, you
10: no. Know, I, I might kick it <clears throat> up a bit on some of the steeper hills, but no, I don't do that. It's, just, you know, it's just automatic transmission. And I said the same rule as with the manual. Yeah. Same gear going down is going up.
4: Yeah, I do that all the time myself, and it doesn't wear the okay. transmission out anymore. Actually, I think it helps it because if you're stuck in sixth gear, or in, you know, in a, a, a higher gear, and when you come back up and you're going to start going, it's going to downshift and and probably have to kick up the speed again and stuff I don't know it can a lot of things are happening with that transmission I don't think that's going to hurt it at all and I think it'll help cool it too when you put it in down a gear it runs the fluid through to cool it more to and pushes that fluid around if you're yeah. not doing that in the higher gears it doesn't go through like it should you know it's yeah. just not moving it around so I think it's doing it better to downshift it well, and it's a
10: little better for the brakes, though.
4: Yes. Yeah. You don't go through brakes, and it doesn't heat up the rotors, and it doesn't create a lot more problems than you don't need.
10: Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. You got time for a second question? You bet. Sure. Okay, I've got a John Deere utility tractor with a three-cylinder Yanmar and diesel. Uh-huh. And it doesn't like to start when it's you know even cool in the summer. And in the winter, I've got to put a... I just put a heat gun on there to warm the warm the motor up to to even get a chance of starting it. It has to the crank forever. What's what's going wrong with my engine?
5: Are the glow plugs coming on?
10: I have no way. I don't know if it even has them. It's every. I'm a complete
5: complete novice on diesel. Yeah, I think every Yammer I've ever worked on has glow plugs on. Yeah, it, it And usually have. that sounds like the glow plugs either are, are bad or they're not coming yeah. on. Especially if you you can't get to start in the summer because. Most of those small diesels will start when it's halfway warm in the summer yeah. without glow plugs. Yeah, well,
10: it used to when it doesn't. I, okay, I'll look at glow plugs. I had not because wait. I've got no experience with diesel, and I'm saying, okay, you know.
4: But when you go to start this, when you do it, do you turn it on and then you wait for a little bit? Or do you turn it on and just go for it? Uh, I generally turn it on and go for it.
5: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... With with a glow plug system, usually there's a position on. I don't know which EMR you have, but you know, usually there's like a lock, and you have a light that say "wait to start" or something of that nature, or have a little symbol that comes on. And after depends on how cold it is, it'll turn off, and then it's time to start the, the tractor.
4: Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that might be it your d- problem. A, it
10: doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't do that. But I, no, I, get, I will try to you know track that uh, that end of it down. That's yeah.
4: And in the meantime that. maybe look at your owner's manual and see if it has that in there because it might have that about starting it.
5: Yeah, some of the because old ones it should. Yeah, had yeah. like a they would say put in the start position, not the the or start or position, but the on position and count to 10 or 15 yeah. before you started uh-huh. it too.
10: Yeah. Oh, that will that'll be a challenge. That tractor's 20 years old and I don't know where the owner's manual
4: is. Okay. <laughs> well, but then try it what Josh did say. He did said yeah. he he said just turn it to yeah. on. Not to start, but just to on until you get, you know, you yeah. know, that it's started, it's got electricity going through it or, you know, to the plugs and then, and then just wait 15 seconds and then start it and see if it'll start. That okay. eliminate everything. I mean, if it right. fires right up, then your glow plugs are working right. Everything's working right. Exactly.
10: Okay. Well, I've, I've learned to a couple of things. Thanks,
4: guys. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good questions. Um, Eric, if you can hang on, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back. You're listening to Drive Radio radio on KLZ 560.
11: Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's & Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. As we roll into the snowiest months of the year, it is important to understand the Colorado Department of Transportation's winter driving requirements and restrictions. According to CDOT, drivers should expect every time they see a chain law required for truckers that the traction law will also be required for passenger vehicles. Under Colorado's traction law, motorists have to have either snow tires, those being tires with the mud or snow designation, or a four-wheel drive vehicle. Tires must also have a minimum of one-eighth of an inch of tread depth. Additionally, the passenger vehicle chain law requires every vehicle on the road when the chain law is in effect to have chains or an alternate traction device. Already this winter, the Colorado State Patrol has been proactively checking for proper equipment during winter driving conditions. When either of these laws are in effect, motorists may be fined more than $130 for not having proper equipment, or more than $650 if they block the roadway. So. If you dare to head out to brave the I-70 parking lot, make sure your vehicle is properly equipped and save yourself the cost and the embarrassment of a ticket for blocking the roadway. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. As the cold comes in, don't let the heat go out. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air for all of your HVAC electrical and boiler needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. They specialize in HVAC, boilers, and all your electrical needs. This is not the time of year to mess with heating issues absolute electrical heating and air focused on doing the job right at an affordable price. They are a top-rated home services company with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. For a limited time, KLZ listeners who purchase a high-efficiency American Standard furnace will receive a free air purification system. Terms and conditions apply. Call now for an estimate on your new furnace, 720-526-0231.
1: For quality and service beyond compare.
3: classic car insurance is not created equal. Some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all, and if they do, it's most likely not the right coverage. If you have an accident or theft, do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod for its total value? Do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year? Paul Leuenberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry. American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like you. Chrome stands for classic, antique, or modern classic, hot rod or street rod, replica or kit car, original, unrestored, modified or custom, exotic, rare or unique, and in excess of $100,000 in appraised value. Don't insure your special car with anyone else. Get the best coverage at the best price by calling Paul today, 303 662 0789, or find him on our website, drive radio.com. That's drive-radio.com.
12: Spring and Easter are just around the corner. Pre-order a delicious smoked and spiral-sliced Easter ham now at ranchfreshmeats.com. Don't spend money on a ham that you have no idea where it came from or how the pigs were raised. No hams found at a retail store can be traced back to one single farm. Ranch Fresh Meat sources hams from the Beeler family who raise only the highest quality Duroc pigs raised humanely without gestation crates. Check out the attributes of a Beeler's family ham. Real hickory wood smoked, no nitrates or antibiotics non-GMO vegetarian feeding regimen, and the hams are just the most delicious natural hams found in the market. You must pre-order a Beeler's ham prior to February 15th to get one for Easter, so don't delay. Go to Ranch Fresh Meats for details, and don't forget to download their new app for iPhones. Just look for Ranch Fresh Meats at the App Store.
4: All right, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio, KLZ 560. we got two lines open, 303-477-5600. Um, Dave from Castle Rock, you were calling in about your tractor. Um, we had someone call in, and they said, you need to turn your key to the accessory position and then push it in, and that energizes the uh, glow plugs to work. So if I hope you got that. I hope you can l- at least call in and let Larry know that you – you got it, okay. So, with that, let's go ahead and go to Eric from Denver. Um, hang on, yeah. Eric. Hey, you guys!
13: Great show. Thanks for taking my call. You Thank bet. You. Uh, I have kind of a weird problem. I have a 1979 Pontiac Le Mans, and uh, it has the. I have the original OEM bumper jack. And it's kind of an unconventional jack. There's a special slot in the bumper, and this, like, hook thing Mm -hmm. uh, slides into that little slot. Right. And I I don't trust that thing anymore. It's all rusted and everything. And I was thinking about buying a a spider jack or another kind of jack where I could raise it up from the axle. It seems like that's a little safer. But I was wondering, uh, what kind of a jack do you guys think I should buy?
4: Why, I don't know. What, depends on your own preference. You can get one of those um, hydraulic jacks, actually, that are pretty good. They'll be a little heavy, but um, you can... That would really good because you go right to the edge of the frame. Right. Yeah, and you could just jack that up right quick.
13: That is safer than a bumper jack, isn't
5: it? Uh, probably. Yeah, the bumper jacks always scare me. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Those bumper jacks, if you don't know how to use them right, they, they're dangerous. And if your car is lean in one way or down a hill a little bit they can kick out and you got to be careful i've seen some people get hurt with those
5: yeah i mean my first experience w- was with an older car i graduated 93 from high school and i had a 1976 ford grand torino station wagon put the bumper jack on it to lift it and the bumper rust was so rusted it just fell off
4: yeah that'd be my other fear yeah <laughs> yeah
5: <laughs> that's that's why you know a little bottle jack or they even sell you know, cheap hydraulic jacks on wheels that are small. Yeah. That you know, you you probably have a lot of trunk space on that car, so yeah, you could get that, and so, that's a lot safer so than the bumper jack.
13: So if if I buy a hydraulic jack, it's got the little crank thing on there. I'd have to elevate it with some wood or something. Now, how how would I get it to grab onto the axle? Because it's just a little round shaft that comes up. Is it or
4: they have a little uh, s- uh like a little cup, cup. Yeah. A little bit um it would actually fit in the in the axle pretty good,
5: mm-hmm. or sometimes you can get on where the the leaf springs purchase there it, yeah. it's kind of flat there, and you can lift that part,
4: yeah, and the leaf spring sometimes has a, an edge all the way around it too, in that square area where they bolt so, through so you can
13: lift it on the leaf springs too then
4: yeah, where the axle is yeah. and the leaf spring
13: oh right, right, where yeah. the axle is. now on the front where do I? Uh, lifted up on the front with with a uh, uh, hydraulic jack.
5: Um, underneath the control arm, actually. Yeah, where well the control control arm comes into the the kind of subframe on that. Yeah.
13: So you
4: mean where that great big giant
13: bolt is? Where uh,
4: the where. The, no, closer the, uh, to the outside of the tire. I think. You'll see where the ball closer. joint is. Yeah. Yeah, just outside of that. Right, real close to that ball joint. If you can get on that.
13: So real close to the ball joint. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I've seen those other jacks where you these it has this big long crank and there's wheels. You roll them. Is is that a good thing or? Yeah. If yeah.
4: you want to put that in your trunk, yeah.
13: Because if it has the wheels, uh, wouldn't I have to uh, put some wood planks under it to raise it up? So no. It, it,
4: no, you you would want to block the tires, though, mm-hmm. the front tires or the back tires.
13: Okay, so one of those rolling ones, is that probably maybe better?
5: That's, oh, that's yeah, they like. are. If, They're if just a little the, bit more expensive. And the space. Yeah. yeah. They take up more space. That's why people don't yeah, use
4: Yeah, but you want to block your tires if you use that one cause, because of the wheels. Once you jack right. it up and the weight gets on that jack, it'll roll. So you want to block what? your front and back tires.
13: Right, yeah, uh, yeah, I always do. I have some big old rubber blocks, um, yeah, so yeah, but anyway, so you think the rolling ones are maybe better, then, yeah,
4: yeah, get a floor jack, yeah, that would that's, be better, yeah,
5: that's the best way to go,
4: yeah, like, except the only problem is you got to lift it up and put it in the trunk,
13: but, but you know, they I make them
5: smaller, it. they do, and they make aluminum ones now, like, yeah, you usually. They sell them cheap, you know, at Napa, they, they usually call them race floor jacks. Yeah. And they got handles on the side and all this because they kind of styled them after, if you watch NASCAR, as the yeah. guys go over the wall, they got to haul this jack over yeah. the wall. Yeah.
4: And, and think well, about I it. Have... How often do you get a flat, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I rotate the tires sometimes, and, and I change,
13: the you know, the snow tires. So it's Not a lot, but, you know.
4: Well, a, a, one of those floor jacks would be better if you're going to rotate your tires around.
13: Okay, and then again, it, there's a place on the lip mechanism to grab onto the uh, uh, grab onto the axle. Then, yeah. Okay, you guys, I'll I'll think about that. Maybe I'll do that. That sounds a little better. Yep. Um, it's kind of a weird problem. That that I don't think a regular bumper jack will work on that
4: car. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah.
13: Okay, you guys. Well, thanks a lot. Great show.
4: All right. Thank, thank you. you. Eric, hang in there. we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560.
0: Most oil changes are the same.
7: Arvada West Auto & Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station they moved into their current building in 2004 at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive and after 40 years of service, Arvada West Auto & Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065.
4: Hey, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. We've got two lines open, 303-477-5600. And Eric, Hi, thanks for holding, Eric. How you doing?
2: Oh, pretty good. Thank you guys for taking my call. Uh, quick question for you. So I'm buying a new vehicle for my son. Um, we are going to Albuquerque to pick it up. And I know break-in is nowhere near what it used to be in the old days. But is there anything I should do or not do when we're basically taking a new car off the lot and uh, driving six hours on the highway?
5: No, just drive it. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Enjoy the ride.
5: And by the time you Perfect. get through a tone, then you can really see what it does.
2: Yeah. And then um, for new engines, what do you suggest for the first oil change? Go the th- for full 3,000 or 5,000 or do something a little sooner?
5: I would go whatever the manufacturer Rec- recommends.
4: Yeah. Okay. Because they've already broken those in. They don't do that anymore. So they're already broken in, ready to go.
2: Sounds good. Like I said, the, uh, the old days, the first 500 miles was kind of kind of tricky but right. <laughs> this will be this will be easy we'll we'll, uh, we'll hit the highway and go then so i right. appreciate appreciate the answers
4: yeah and and remember this when you start driving that car the computer's going to learn how you drive it mm-hmm. so yeah so as he's driving it within 20 minutes it's going to start knowing how he likes to to step on it or pass or or go easy or go fast or whatever he's going to start learn. the car will learn how he drives yeah
2: well he's I'll be in the car with him. He's uh, 15 with a permit, so there's not going to be a lot of stuff. on it. <laughs>
4: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll learn that he drives nice and easy. So. Right. Yeah. At least for the first six hours with me. <laughs> right, right. That'll, That'll be really a good learned. ride for him, you know. Yeah, good yeah
2: for no, him. we're looking forward to it. We're, we're heading out Friday, so weekday shouldn't be too bad. Uh, as long as the weather holds over with Home Pass, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah.
4: All right. Well, enjoy the ride. Have fun. All right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank yep, you. Thank you. Yeah, the the days of uh, the oil changing, you know, right thousand mile oil changes and adjusting the valves and yeah. When I worked for a dealership, I was working on Dodsons and they'd come in after a thousand miles of buying a car and we'd do a valve adjustment and check the car all over.
5: Right, set the carburetor again, set yeah. timing. Yep. Yeah,
4: yep, you had to set everything all up again because once you adjusted the valves, everything changed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those days.
0: Yeah. But.
4: They don't do that no more. Now they get those engines are already prepped. Yeah, they're, they're ready to ready. go. Yeah, they put them in. They're just drive it like you like it. I was going to say drive it like you stole it, but that's a rental car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I heard John talk about that. Someone was asking him this week or it was last week, I don't know, and he said, "Drive it like you stole it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: That's why you Yeah, you always want to check it out before you buy a, a used rental car. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah and a lot of shops do that you know you guys do that we I'm do. sure you check it out and stuff and and nowadays you almost have to check the computer to see what codes have been in there
5: and that's what we do as i you know everyone we bring in fit the model car I, I plug in and i call all modules like we were talking about earlier just to see what else is in there because it's not just drivability yeah. but now some of these other sensors on some of these other parts is very expensive too so yeah you want to know what's in there and i then i always check you know monitors because a lot right. of times people clear them right before they bring it in so the light goes out and it hasn't right. had time to run the monitors to trip it again right. to see if the monitor how long it was reset too so that's always the way to oh that's good to that's catch smart so you yeah always,
4: you can catch someone trying to cheat somebody yeah, you're
5: like well why was the monitor reset right before you got dropped off over here so.
4: yeah that's that's crazy but people try everything you know yeah that's that's interesting Yeah, because it's always good to pull the codes, to me, I think. Mm -hmm. Because then you can see what's happened and stuff. And, yeah, see what's uh, going on with that vehicle. And too bad you couldn't see how they drove it, but... Right. Yeah, that's a a little bit more difficult.
5: And that's the good thing with the factory scan tools is usually the people selling it only have the generic. So they only clear out the obd two site. But if you have a factory scan tool, you can kind of see because they don't have the ability to go in and clean out all the other modules. So you yeah. can kind of see, well, this thing's had, the battery's been low on it a bunch of times and, you know, these bulbs have been out and why is, you know, this, there are a, what we call history codes right. in there for all kinds of stuff. So you can kind of tell that, well, yeah, they just went in and flushed the, the other side of it, but not the rest.
4: Right. Let's go ahead and take Joe from Loveland. How you doing, Joe?
5: Hey,
15: How are you? Good. Yeah.
4: What, what can we help you with?
15: Uh, you guys mentioned uh, uh, home insurance that you use for a house and uh, the whole thing, the cars and all. Yeah. Didn't yeah, we use. That?
4: Yeah, we use Paul Lewenberg.
15: Paul Lewenberg?
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, American National Insurance.
15: American National.
4: Yeah, it's on our website. If you go to drive-radio.com. You can go in there and get the sponsors. He's one of our sponsors. And I've used him for years because he does everything. All my insurance is grouped together. Good. Appreciate
15: yeah. that. And then I have another one. Uh, uh, we took our car to uh, Legacy in Boulder. Yeah. And we had a AB, uh, that ABS brake module go bad. Mm-hmm. And they uh, did a wonderful job. They put the new one in there, and uh, now we have brakes. Well, thank you. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So, Brakes are important.
15: <laughs> yeah, and th- those guys are really outstanding. They know what they're doing.
4: Well, Josh well, is the you. owner here. He's he's the one on board with this.
15: Yeah, very good. Yeah,
4: well, and the name of that insurance company is actually Chrome Insurance. Chrome. Yeah, it's Paul Leuenberg. I can give you his number if you like.
15: Yes. It's 303- 303- 662- 662- 07- Eight nine, eight nine, and how do you spell that? Chrome.
4: C H R O M E Insurance.
15: Okay, appreciate it very much, and you have a good show. Thanks.
5: Thank, Thank you.
4: you. All right. So that was one of your customers. <laughs>
5: exactly. That's Drove cool. all the way down from Loveland to see us. It looks like.
4: Oh, good. That's good. That's that's cool. When they do that, and then when they call in and let you know and you know that the radio show is working for you and exactly yeah that's what we need people to do if you go to visit someone and you know they're a radio show sponsor then you need to mention that you heard them on the radio and that helps us helps everybody knows that we're doing everything right yeah i always used to love to hear that you know i sometimes i would do the radio show and then on Monday, I'd go in there and I'd be getting a cup of coffee, and I would have my back to the customers and I would say something and so on someone and go, Hey, you were on the radio on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And that's cool. Exactly. Yeah, it makes I me feel that. good about that Well, I'm spending my money in the right spot. Right. And that I'm helping people.
5: Exactly. Because
4: that's what this show's about is we're helping people. It's not so much as how much I get from back, but that I'm helping somebody make good decisions or help them with their car or whatever. So. We do have three lines open, 303-477-5600. We're going to be going to a a long break over this, and we'll be back in a little bit. So you're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560.
5: Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.